0: White Cloud shoots, knocked down, a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson! Rebound goal for the Knights. Chandler with two great looks in that
1: sequence.
2: Nobody is ever satisfied with one, so we're back for a second hour of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Michael shuffling down to the goal line. Carlson
1: dancing. Out in front. Score! Backhand pass. Carlson to Marcioso.
3: What a goal!
2: From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com, here is Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
1: Rolling along, hour number two of the DGK Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman hanging out with you for the next hour. Getting the game ratings. We'll hear from Bruce Cassidy. We've got one timers all coming your way. Probably should have asked this question earlier, but Chapman, do we have anything to give away today? Yes. Yes, we do. Are you going to tell me what it is? You're just going to say yes.
0: No, I will tell you exactly what it is. We have two pairs,
1: or four tickets, I should say. Four tickets, two
0: pair. Two pair to go see. The Nashville Predators come to town on MLK Day next Monday. All right.
1: Next Monday, VGK Nashville. Two pairs of tickets. It's
0: the first time we'll see the Predators this season.
1: So be listening for your chance to win a little bit later on this hour. VGK Nashville. Two pair of tickets. We will give them away at some point during the next 60 minutes or so. Um Remember how fun those games used to be when the Predators had P.K. Subban? Yeah, I do. And the Golden Knights had Malcolm Subban. And we kept looking for uh, a shootout scenario where it was P.K. versus Malcolm, and it just never happened. That
0: was Peter Laviolette who was... It was, was Peter uh,
1: Laviolette who stole the fun from the building.
0: And we'll see him in a couple of weeks, too. Yeah, well, that will be fine. Not looking forward. I mean, I'm sure he's a good guy, but I'd what? rather see P.K. and... I- and Malcolm and
1: I want fun and chaos, yeah. and we were robbed of both fun and chaos, so no, I well I we don't... did get
0: a little chaos with p k and Pierre Edward Belmar. Oh, huh, come on, that was a good time.
1: it was living in the past a little bit here though let's get into <laughs> let's get into the game against the New York Islanders, which you know I thought was a pretty good response from Vegas, obviously, there were pockets inside of the game where. You know, it could have gone either way. It was eerily similar through the first 20 minutes to what the Golden Knights had against the Florida Panthers. They score first, right? And then, like, a penalty kill situation kind of gives momentum a little bit to their opposition, but they kill that penalty off. Then they kind of just grind out the Islanders in the second period. Um, I thought it was a good response. I'm not, like, going to sit here and say, that the Golden Knights are back to being that team we expect them to be on a night to night basis, but what I will say is it's the first time in a little while that the Golden Knights look like themselves. What say you, Chapman?
0: yeah i mean i I thought it was a pretty good game overall. I don't mm-hmm. think I think it's the best game they've played in a while, sure, yeah, um, but better than the l a game no, no, so probably not the but one of the best games they've played in a while, yeah. Um, I think you'd probably have to go back before, I'm trying to think when they played a game this game. Unpopular I mean,
1: opinion, I liked the Islander game better than the Kings game.
0: I mean, I, I could see it. I, I thought it was a little more of an emphatic W. You didn't have to hold on at the end and hold your breath.
1: You got depth contributions. Well, yeah, Any anytime you get to your 10th
0: and 11th defenseman and you're...
1: You, you got Jack Eichel going off. Like, there were there was a lot of good to take from that game against the Islanders. To me... When the Golden Knights look more like themselves, that's really what I care about.
0: Well, I, 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 what I liked about the game was the way that they created the goals. Yeah, nothing, nothing flashy. It was they earned those goals, like the of goal. We played it obviously as a rejoin coming back. Mm-hmm. It was, a, it was a, a play where they were able to get the puck down below the goal line and and. I think it was Stevenson who who found Dorfeev and connect and,
1: on three passes in a row. Yeah. For a tapping.
0: And and it's like you you that's Golden Knights hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 Jack goal, the, the one timer was a thing of beauty. Yeah. I thought Nick Wah having two goals, right? Like depth scoring.
1: You needed that. Yeah. And I think Nick Waugh needed that. Oh, hundred percent. Well, Bruce Cassidy said it, right? Like the, the day before, when you're talking about keeping your head afloat or pushing in the right direction through injuries, he mentioned last year, they had the best fourth line in hockey. They had the best third pair in hockey. Yeah. Right? And you know that that's not an arbitrary statement from Bruce Cassidy. That's a challenge. Yeah, that's a uh, exactly. And it was a challenge last year, early on in the year, to the fourth line, and they responded, Nick Waugh, Will Carrier, Keegan Colasar. We're talking like career highs for some of those players Mm -hmm. last season. It was good to see... In my view, Nick Waugh go out and have that game. Because that's what you needed to see. Brett Howden had a strong game. He's kind of filling that role right now with Will Carrier out. And then two assists for Keegan Colasar. Like that is, that is two players in Colasar and Waugh hearing what their coach is saying. You want to see get going. Understanding the challenge in front of them and answering it. Yeah. It was huge.
0: I mean, I, I thought the response... Because we heard them talk. Uh, Nick Watt talked about it, actually, after the game, how, mm-hmm. how they worked really hard on the four check in practice on Friday. It was an emphasis. And Bruce talked about it as well, that it was something that they worked on. And the response was, was exactly what you would want. I mean, it was the response you would expect from a Stanley Cup champion.
1: Yeah. So let's get into the game rating.
2: To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems.
1: Yeah! Where are you at?
0: I'm gonna go Scotch. It's it was a it was a good game. It wasn't a perfect game. Um, I think one of the better games, as I said, that they've played in a while, so I guess I could go with a five just because the expo- the, the, the bar had been set so low with what we'd seen the last couple of weeks from this team, but it's not a it's not a dumpy. It's not a it's not a five out of five. It's a four out of five. And I wanna I wanna see them build off of it. Mm-hmm. I wanna see a big response on Wednesday in Colorado. This is a team that you 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 embarrassed in this building a few months ago, and they've probably had this night circled. This is a prime time, big time Mm -hmm. potential Western conference, final type game coming up on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And I want to see the golden Knights get up for that game. And I, I I, want to see, I want to see a Stanley cup champion, like performance from them. And I think that, that would, that would give me an indication of where we're at, but, as far as Saturday, it was a good game. It was it was a really good game, I thought, but it wasn't a perfect game. So I'll give it a four out of five.
1: I want you to pretend to be Darren Millard right now.
0: Oh, guys, it's a Dom P all the way. No, I I, I think Millard would probably give it a four out of five as well.
1: I'm I, trying. I'm trying to determine if that's the case because, like, f- if you view it through Darren's look, lens, they
0: gave up a couple of transition opportunities to to they, a team that that really is not a transition.
1: That's not true, though. That's not true, though. Like, we have this idea of what the Islanders are. They haven't necessarily been that this season. They give up a lot of shots. They do open things up when they're behind. And they've had a harder time keeping the puck out of the back of the net. They've also scored more than I think a lot of people realize. I didn't realize Barzal had 40 points on the season. it's It's not the same old New York Islanders. I still like I'm not going to go out of my way to watch the Islanders play, (laughs) but I am saying it's a different type of Islanders team. I'm not surprised that there were transition opportunities, especially because they were behind in the game. You can kind of live with those here and there, especially when you factor in. You've got two new guys on the blue line that you're trying to work in. Here's what I liked about the game. I liked that the Golden Knights weren't in their own zone defending for extended periods of time. You know what we're talking about. When you look at the game against Florida, there were moments, there were pockets inside of that game where the Golden Knights could not get the pocket past the red line, let alone their own blue Cracking line. game as well. Cracking game as well. So with that being said, you insert two guys in, in Bjornfoot and Cormier who skate really well and who are assessing play relatively quickly in regards to everyone else around them. So they are not spending as much time defending. It allows them to get in on a four check. And as you mentioned, rightly that four check set up some goals for the golden Knights. That's Vegas hockey. That is their identity. Those are the standards that they need to play with. So in that regard, I love the game. You get the first point for Lucas Cormier in his NHL debut. That's really cool. It's a power play goal. You win the special teams battle. You're perfect on the penalty kill. You do score a power play on your only power play chance. And then here's what I like the most about it. The Golden Knights score twice in the final three minutes of that second period. And then their only power play is on that failed coaches challenge. And they make the Islanders pay. They put the game out of reach with their power play.
0: Yeah, I thought that, that that moment was was really telling, um, not only the, the the coach's challenge because I'm not I, goalie interference is so it's such a a weird thing, sure to, you know it's it's truly a Comes guessing and goes. game yeah, like I thought they were going to overturn
1: that goal for what reason I thought Colosar was in the crease and he made some contact I at no point in time did I think that that was coming back,
0: but it was one of those where. It, it it seemed like it was such an absurd challenge that yeah. maybe maybe they would. Took you know, long,
1: they took a long look at yeah, it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's what had me worried—the fact that they did take a long look mm-hmm. at it. Um, but that that to me was was the game. Yeah, the response of all right, well we got the goal, and now we're going to punish this team for for yeah. for disputing what we felt was a well. Not only what we felt was, but what turned out to be a legitimate play, yes. a legitimate goal.
1: So for me, I'm with you in that it's a scotch. I liked a lot of what the Golden Knights were able to do. You kind of talked it up a bit. It, well, there there are certainly areas you can go to justify a Dom P. Yeah. Which is why I think if Mallard was here, he'd go Dom P. And he'd, I think he'd go Dom P for the reasons that I mentioned. Now, my
0: my only pushback on that would have been how different, and and obviously, who cares, right? What ifs don't mm-hmm. matter. But how different is the game if Barzal doesn't hit that post at an open net?
1: Well, I mean, that shot was initially going wide, so...
0: The game's 2-2 at that point.
1: Well, I'm saying, But I'm saying yeah. that shot was going wide anyway.
0: Yeah, well, it, it didn't like it, almost go it, wide. It, it
1: almost went in, which is like a weird thing to say. But if you look at the trajectory of that shot initially, it was going way wide.
0: If you're wondering what I'm talking about, just go yeah. back and watch the, exactly. the replay and you'll you'll understand.
1: You're, you're living right, like, you know, again, it's one of those situations where... I, like you said it doesn't matter like it, it was it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a 5-2 final in terms of how the game was played and some of the chances that the islanders did have like i'm going to concede that there but the fact that the golden knights were able to put five on the board the fact that they won the special teams battle and the fact that they looked more like themselves i think pushes you in the right direction well logan
0: um, made 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 a couple big saves in that game too
1: he did yeah it was it was a good it was a good game for logan thompson so you'll take all of those things but as you mentioned i think it's important you got Colorado and Boston back to back. Like, oh. you got to travel to Colorado, play on Wednesday, and you come back, Boston Bruins on Thursday, back to back situation. So, it'll be interesting to see what the outlook is for the Vegas Golden Knights in terms of goaltending over the next two games. And to set the table on that conversation, I want to go to Bruce Cassidy now, and then we're going to pick it up after Bruce with a little conversation about Aiden Hill. But, uh, Bruce did speak to the media earlier today. There was some information as to what the goaltending outlook might be this week. So let's hear from Bruce Cassidy.
3: There were a lot of defensemen. Ten, in fact. Not to run a good practice, to be honest with you. They didn't get enough work, but um, they got some reps in the middle, or sorry, at the start and the end. Some of the... Uh, or check drills. It's tough to get him in because they're in non-contact too, so you got to be careful. But yep, good to have him back out there. That means they're getting closer. <clears throat> well, he's in a red jersey, so he's he's got to practice with us first and be cleared to do that, and take contact. But as I said, he's back with us, right? It's on your own. It's with us in a red jersey, typically with us. You know, full contact and then cleared to play. So he's halfway there, I guess, in that sort of protocol. So what about Mayor Mano? Because he's been out a while with his injury and just kind of find back at this step where said, no contact. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long grind for him. I've done that. Both my ACLs I tore way back when when I was playing. So that's a long road. Um, so, you know, it's uh, every day you're chipping away and you don't seem like you make much progress. So for him to be with guys again is probably good for his spirits uh, just to be around his teammates. <clears throat> when, there's a, when
1: you're going through slump, is it easy just to see, like, on Saturday when?
3: yeah there's certain things in a game like well look at their first goal they scored from below the goal line we didn't think it went in they went back and counted so they got a little puck luck early can't really blame anybody on that one it was fortunate bounce for them but we kept playing and we got some later right so um posting out and then barzell has an open net and he you know he doesn't handle the puck so another night you know that goes in and second period gets away from you if you're not careful. And I think that's what happened with Florida a little bit, right? So yes, it matters. And over the course of 82, you're going to see some go each way. Typically, it's how you deal with it. We were able to extend the lead late in the period. Um, We took advantage of, like I said, a good bounce. And, and, And Logan made, I think, two breakaways or one breakaway save and maybe another one that was partial, but still two good looks by them. So you need those timely saves to get your game back in order. And we were able to do that, get our game back in order and get them some goals. Uh, he gets to the net most of his goals are if you remember in Florida it was a back post tip in from Hutton and the other night it was Stevie. He's willing to get inside. He's got a good nose for the net. He's a big enough body. They can't just push him out of there. Uh, seems to find the right spots. there. Uh, smart enough to make small area plays with them. Understand that those guys drive the line more in terms of puck possession. I think Pav can certainly hang on to pucks, but he knows that, you know, they've been in the league a long time. So get them, get them the puck in the, in the spots where they have a little room to operate, and then get open. I think mean, he's done a good job with that. And cause so you have to be able to read off players, right, to get to the right spots. And he just he has a good hockey IQ. He said it before. He did it with Carly and Smitty, very similar. Now he's doing it with Stevie and Stony. I suspect if he was put up with Jack and Marsh, he'd probably be able to do the same thing for them in terms of getting open around the front of the net. <clears throat> since he's come in got you know I thought he did some good things the other night I thought Nick fought the puck a little bit so it might not have reflected great on him and his numbers but I thought his overall game he small area plays he was good with the puck composure made good decisions with it where we we were able to make an, a next play from his first play if that makes sense and um you know there was a couple situations they didn't close in our zone where they got a puck to the front of the net but You know, that's just kill the play type of thing, right? We want him to be there. He just sort of got to get it done. And our forward has to help recover to the middle. I think it happened once with Coley and once with Paul. But at the end of the day, I liked his game. Um, I don't know how Zach's going to respond this week. He's back out skating with us. So we'll see how our our D looks on Wednesday. But I liked his, he helped us win. Let's put it that way, he helped us win. Well, other guys get to go in and and we're looking at other people like Denisenko right now is getting an opportunity. He was better in that game. He got to play. Penalties disrupted our our rhythm. Um, Not so much the other night. I think there was only three calls. So you're you're, you're in a four-line rhythm um, as long as everyone's doing their part. And I thought he was. Hung on to pucks better. So uh, he gets an opportunity. Uh, Will Carrier is a loss in terms of how he plays the game. But, you know, how we can add some of that. Uh, four-check sort of puck possession. I think Paul Cotter could too. We used Howie in the line the other day. Um, you know, Will leaves the line and they score two goals. What does that say, Gosh? Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, you know, they got back to their four-check game and and, uh, and our whole team did. We, got, we scored goals from four-check and getting pucks below the goal line. And it was a point of emphasis in practice. We worked on it again today. We've got to get that part of our game going. The rush game hasn't been there as much. Teams know that. They're taking it away. Power play is is another part of offense that you know you rely on but your ozone game has to be good and we got goals from our ozone game the other day so that that's important and that's where we'll miss will carrier but a guy like Howie is effective on the four check so if he can add to that line then then uh, hopefully there's not much drop off carly allows ammo to go into the middle a little more freedom to skate but carly plays in every situation i don't think we have a guy here that we can just plug in and say you know this you know this is going to be carly that, that's a little more of a, a tougher one to fill um, ammo will do his best to, to bring some of the offensive pieces of it but Carly was a PK guy a power play net front guy who, who had kind of changed our look a little bit the way he was making plays in front of the net so uh, that one's a little tougher but as I said it's opportunity for someone else it's going to be ammo for now um, we'll see where it leads us you
1: feel like
3: Uh, well, we whiffed on a few against Florida for sure, right? So, I mean, the, the, the opportunity was there. We're not a dominant one, one-time shooting team. I think Jack is one of our best, but he's also the guy passing it. So if he could find a way to pass it to himself and one-time it, then he's, he's got something. But uh, Marshy's the guy that will shoot a little more off the pass. Hasn't been there as much lately. Uh, we're trying to go a little more downhill, closer to the net. Jack goal is a good example of that. Tack downhill, shot into the bumper or low to the goal line and make a play from there. Um, with Cormier up top, he may he may be a guy that Marsh can feed him for a one timer. Petro was trying a little bit, I think, to to shoot some pucks from the top, but we've never been that team. Even Theo, when he's in, he's more of a you know walk the line wrister type of guy. Um, the left sticks over there, Stevie's not. Carly, those guys were were more attack. Riley Smith, when he was here, wasn't a big one timer guy. We just we're just not that team right now. Maybe we can build some guys in uh, as we go. Um, I know a guy like Brisson down in Henderson has a good one-timer. He's a guy that has that element. When his day comes here, that, that that's an area that we can certainly uh, uh, have an opportunity to see if he can do it here. So, um, but in general, I would your answer is the answer is no, but it's not necessarily a strength of ours anyway. I think on a regular basis, like a Pasternak, Ovechkin, those guys, been a a little more natural. <coughs> You mentioned climbing like, where you started seeing so got more and more comfortable. Softensive instincts, proper moving in the abilities, but how do you manage long if you kind of continue to open that up as you sit with like, not making those mistakes a little more leash with him? Well yeah, like I w- we gotta teach him the I, I think when I I know when I talk to him it's about listen, you you're gonna have the puck, you're gonna make plays. I hope. Like that's get yourself in a position to do that and we're and there and we can live with some mistakes there. trying to make a play not forcing it like in a really bad area in front of your net, but maybe a neutral zone play that you know other guys don't see we're going to allow him to make you know to sort of be the guy that can try to make those plays if he sees them what we got to coach him up on is not chasing the game making mistakes positionally and taking himself out of good ice and giving up like there was a couple of times uh there was a play in the second period he had a one-on-one and coming back into our zone he ends up not closing on the guy but sort of there so barbie reads off that that he's not closing and barbie goes to him and now he's caught outside the dots they slip it inside and it's a quick play for nelson to the net And those are little things that will happen quick in the nhl we're gonna have to hey you got to get back inside on that and, and recognize if you can't close right away then you protect the middle and let the next wave close right so there'll be a little bit of that learning curve uh, pucks leaving the ozone when he's up on his right side on the boards he's got to get back into the middle in a hurry we almost got exposed on a two-on-one they didn't execute so he was real close to being good but just that extra stride because when you're not six three and six four you don't have the stick length to make up for that so you have to be there um so those will be the things we'll keep reminding him of and then the last part would be chasing the game what i mean by that is heading up ice when it's not you know a good decision so we wanted to make good decisions um and live with this sort of puck play a little bit because he should be trying to make plays he's not here to be an off the glass you know type of guy and out and kill penalties and take care of the front of the net right he's a transporter and a transition player so to me that's what he's got to try to bring every night when it's there and i don't want to force his hand there i want him to just play naturally in 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 that area Well, yes, we did do the Boston angle in practice today. Gosh, if, if Nides was asking from nighttime, and, uh, um, that's an inside joke. Sorry. Uh, did you watch the episode with uh, Millard on the ice with uh, Engie and, and Nides? Uh, it was good. It was, it was some good. It was some good television. Um, some good angles. Hill was uh, practicing with the team. Um, and we'll play either probably either Colorado or Boston. Be one or the other. That's that's what we're shooting for right now. Uh, we got to get clearance from the medical side, but right now that's what we're we're angling for, and and we're we're on schedule to do that.
1: There was Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media earlier today after practice. Um, the last bit there is really what I want to deal with here. That's the idea that Aiden Hill is moving, tracking in the right direction. The expectation is that he can play. Uh, One of Colorado or Boston, that's Wednesday and Thursday. In Colorado, Wednesday, at home, Thursday to the Boston Bruins. Chris Chapman, if it were up to you, assuming that Aiden Hill is ready to go, that he is available and healthy and ready to go, what direction do you lean there? Like, Do you want your presumed number one, and I think that's what Aiden Hill is right now, to play in Colorado against the Avalanche or do you want him ready to go against the Boston Bruins?
0: Well, I want him for the Bruins game. Um look, I mean, I don't I don't know if there's a a a tougher back-to-back
1: situation. It's, it's not an like, easy one. Like
0: this is one of those cases where look, if you're a fan, you're like, "Hey, we get to watch two really good teams two nights in a row?" Yeah. Um look, the 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 Stanley Cup champion from two years ago and the President's Trophy winner on back-to-back nights. I mean, you don't see that a whole lot.
1: Who, incidentally, the Boston Bruins are taking on the Colorado Colorado Avalanche today in Colorado. So. Glad,
0: glad they get the first crack at at the Avalanche because I have a feeling that's going to be a very salty Avalanche team tonight. But sure. um, look, I, I, I I'm going Aiden Hill against the the Bruins for the simple reason, and it, it may sound goofy, but. I don't want Aiden Hill to make his first start at altitude. Sure. I don't want him to go a mile high and have to face a high volume. Not that the Bruins are not a high-volume shot team, but I don't want I, – I feel like I want him to be at home mm-hmm. when he makes that, that that return, but I don't want him making that first start at altitude. and And I think – you know, for those who who have been to Denver, maybe they've gone skiing in Colorado. You know what your lungs feel like that first day when you're trying to acclimate to to, to performing in Colorado. Yeah. So I think Logan Thompson he he he's going to have an opportunity in one of these two games. But I think the fact that I want Aiden Hill to make his return at home against. The Bruins, I, I think that's the direction I would lean. Um, I'd love to be in the meeting room with Sean Burke mm-hmm. and and Bruce Cassidy as they're discussing this. And I'd love to hear the reasons for and the reasons against. Um, but ultimately, if I had my guess and I was the one making the decision, I think Logan goes on Wednesday and mm-hmm. Aiden will go on Thursday.
1: Yeah. And, and to be honest, like getting cleared and, and being ready to play in a game is really what this boils down to, right? Like, I think if Aiden Hill is cleared and available and ready to go for Wednesday night, I think Aiden Hill plays Wednesday night against Colorado. I really do. Now, that being the case, I think best case scenario for the Golden Knights is that Aiden Hill's ready to go on Thursday, that Aiden Hill can be the guy on Thursday. And, you know, more than anything else, I think if you can get Aiden rested and ready to go and dialed in for that Thursday night start... Your team might be tired in front of him because they'll be on that back to back, but you'll have an incredibly refreshed goaltender. You will have Aiden Hill back into a situation that, you know, you can rely on what he brings to the table in net. And I think that that might be the edge you need to kind of push yourself in this back to back, because as you mentioned, it is not an easy back to back. You've got Colorado at altitude, and then you've got to travel back home and take on the Boston Bruins. It's not going to Who be— Who will be
0: sitting here, by the
2: way.
1: It's not going to be an easy 24-hour turnaround for the Golden Knights, but if you can maybe get yourself an advantage there in goal the second half of it, I think it pushes you through. I really do.
0: Yeah, Boston, um, They I don't think they play between tonight and, and Thursday. So oh, boy. I think they'll be in Vegas. They'll have that one night where they're able to just go out and— Get wild on the town and then get back to business on, you know, Wednesday as they're watching the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. Um, but it's it's a situation where I think for all the reasons you laid out, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, you get that extra day of rest yeah. for Aiden. You're not you're not kind of. I it's not you're not forcing him. That's not the word I'm looking for. But you don't have to. Tra- he doesn't have to travel. Yeah, like he doesn't have to go through that. So I mean.
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out when Aiden Hill is truly available and ready to go. Like, again, it's all about clearing medical at this point, right? Like, that's what Bruce just said. He's practicing with the team. He looked really good today at practice, sharp. His movements didn't seem limited at all, so that was uh, an area of focus for me as I was watching today. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if Aiden Hill is ready to go, it, you want your number one guy back in there. And, and I think we all know right now it's Aiden Hill, As your number one goaltender, you want him back healthy, ready to go. And that's hopefully what the Golden Knights will have in the back half of the season. But right now, we're going to give something away. We've got two tickets to see the Golden Knights and the Nashville Predators a week from today, if I'm not mistaken. You said it's a Monday, so I'm going to go with a week from today. Yes. So the Golden Knights, the Nashville Predators, two pair, or I'm sorry, two tickets to that game right now 702 876 1340. We're going to do caller number eight. We don't do that number very often, so I'm going caller number eight. You're a winner. We're back with one-timers next on the BGK Insider Show. Carlson left corner,
0: centered, one timer score!
2: It's time for One-Timers, a quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League, brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery
1: by Paul Padilla. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. News and notes from around the National Hockey League. The biggest story in the NHL today centers around the Toronto Maple Leafs and a contract. I feel like it's been three years in a row now where the biggest story in the National Hockey League has centered around the Toronto Maple Leafs and a contract. But hey, this one's an interesting one for a number of different reasons. William Nylander Has re-signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs eight years, $92 million. Eight years, $92 million for William Nylander. That's an $11.5 million AAV, $69 million in signing bonus, full no-move clause, entirety of the deal. Here's where it gets really interesting. (laughs) Next season. Now, keep in mind, it's the final year of the current contract for both John Tavares and Mitch Marner. But next year, the first year of Austin Matthews' five-year contract kicks in at $13.25 million. And it will also be the first year of the William Nylander contract at $11.5 million. Next year, the Toronto Maple Leafs are committing over $46.5 million to Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander.
0: You want to add Morgan Riley and his No, no, no no, million million. no, 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 no. I'm, I'm only dairy. doing
1: the top. I'm, I'm only doing the big four. Okay. $46.5 million on a core that respectfully... Hasn't won anything yet.
0: Hey, they won a series. They beat Tampa. Come on. Chapman, that's not winning. No. What say no, you? No, it's definitely not winning. Uh, it's an interesting scenario for sure. Um, what what I see is they have a lot of free agents, a lot of UFAs, guys like Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, mm-hmm. um, TJ Brody will come off the books, so that'll be a little bit of relief. <laughs> they've but, got, but They've got no money for the rest of the team. They've got no goalie. Martin Jones is their number one, and he's coming off the books next year.
1: Yeah.
3: It's unbelievable. I I see a lot of
0: guys making under a million dollars
1: in their future. So here's my take Nylander has been outside of Matthews. I'd argue the most important leaf this year. 21 goals, 54 points in 37 games. Like, he has been so good for Toronto this year. $11.5 $11.5 million is not a stretch on a player like William Nylander. You look at the production that he's got right now, 27 years old. Secure the bag, buddy. Like, I'm all for it. Like, I know Mike called in earlier and was like, why do an eight year deal? Like, in William Nylander's case, he wants to be a Leaf, and he's gotten essentially everything that he wants in this contract. You look at his previous deal, $6 million cap hit, just about there this is market value for william nylander secure the bag take the money and run
0: yeah he's a really good player like i mean he absolutely deserves to get and he's getting a pretty significant raise i mean he's making about seven million dollars yeah. this yeah. year he's going to get a bump up to 11 yeah, and yeah. a half uh what's interesting is further down the road
1: well it's not even further down the road Chapman. it's next year well yeah as in, you've got to come to an agreement with mitch marner yeah like who, who believes, and and I I truly say this with respect to Mitch Marner, he thinks he should probably be the highest paid leaf ever.
0: I don't know if you can make the case that he should make more than Austin Matthews.
1: You but, listen, if you're making that case, you're Mitch Marner, or you're his agent. Yeah,
0: flat out. But but I could see a scenario where he makes a pretty similar amount to what Austin Matthews is making. No no Matthews no Matthews no, no, is going to no, get thirteen point two. I mean, I could see Marner in the 12.5 range. I mean, he already makes almost $11 million a year now. He's certainly going to get a raise.
1: This almost assuredly points to John Tavares either not being a Leaf beyond the conclusion of his deal, or you're talking hometown discount if there ever was one. Because you cannot continue to pay four guys... Over half your salary. Cap. Well, not you, you just can't successful. do it. Not if you, you just can't win. do it. You you know there's one team, Chapman. There's one team in the National Hockey League, in the salary cap era, that has won a Stanley Cup with a player making ten million dollars or more. One team. Was it Colorado a couple years ago? No. It's the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh. Jack Eichel is the only player in the league with a cap hit of $10 million or more, that has won the Stanley Cup with that cap hit. Wow. Well, they're and the he's, most recent ones. So. And, and he's one of one. <laughs> yes. Because he's a unicorn. Because as much as the Golden Knights have gone out and, and acquired really good players, they're not paying five, four guys half their salary cap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, think, I don't think
0: there's one guy where you look at on the Golden Knights and you're like, oh, that guy's over. I mean, not that I care, right? It's not my money. But, I,
1: I but, like Nealander. I like him too. And I, I like he's, Marner. He's had a great year. You cannot have four guys over ten million dollars on the same team. You're not going to win that way. And
0: I don't see a scenario where they're able to trade John Tavares.
1: No, I think you run out the deal. Like he's still he's still playing well.
0: So I think I think what will happen is I think next year they they run out the contract. I mean, obviously get a little bit of a bump. But they'll, I mean, like they'll re-sign Marner he, if, and Tavares walks
1: i don't know that he walks i think i think you can probably convince if you want if the appetite's there john tavaras will probably sign for three four million he's gotta be uh,
0: it's just probably his last contract
1: but yeah but he's the captain of the toronto Maple Leafs. if you remember
0: that's that's yeah he left he left long
1: island because there were pajamas Yeah, yeah like
0: pajamas and bed sheets baby at this
1: point you've made your money I think it's hometown discount for John Tavares. You still want to win a Stanley Cup there. I don't know that it's going to happen. And listen, you can clip this for when William Nylander goes off in the postseason or Mitch Marner scores 72 points in 22 playoff games, and all of a sudden the Leafs win a Stanley Cup, and Mitch Marner's like, I want to make $17 million. (laughs) They'll probably do it. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is there's no way – Beyond this next season, the Toronto Maple Leafs can have four guys making north of ten million dollars. They just can't do it. Well, they're not one of win. them, they're one of win. them has to go. Whether it's Tavares taking a hometown discount or signing somewhere else, it's not going to be the big four beyond next season. It'll only be the big three.
0: Is it really the big four now? I mean, big four contracts. Jeez, come on, but. They're good players. No, three of the four of them are elite players.
1: You're being mean to John Tavares. I'm not Tavares. being
0: mean. I just don't think he's an elite player.
1: How many points do you think Mitch Marner has right now?
0: Uh, let's see. I'm going to guess. No, 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 no. Don't 30, look it up. 32?
1: 40 points in 37 games. Okay. I 10 wasn't point far off. Nine oh three. Oh, God. 903 stuff. I hate that so much. <laughs> Like, you could you could have just had eleven million. Yeah, could have had ten point
0: five.
1: Got to get cute with the numbers. I don't get it.
0: Well, my favorite was Pasternak when he was making six point (laughs) six six
1: six six six. So ridiculous! (laughs) Like the only guy that's done it right his whole career is Sidney Crosby. Like, what's what's Crosby going to sign for? Huh? Eight point seven million AAV, his (laughs) entire career. It's unbelievable. I love that guy. Yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. He should get consideration for the Hart Trophy. Like the Penguins got to get to the postseason, but if he if they get there, it's literally going to be because Sidney Crosby has drugged them into the fight. They've got to start winning some games, man. Well, they need depth scoring, but that's a story for another day. That is your one timer for today, Monday, January eighth. If you want to see the Golden Knights take on the Nashville Predators, be caller number six to 1340 right now. Catching up with Chapman is next.
2: When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman.
0: All right, no O. Christophers here today on the Catching Up with Chapman segment, but uh, isn't it
1: so much smoother?
0: I don't know. I kind of like the O. Oh, Christopher. It's our, it's our little bit. But um, <gasps> yesterday, had the opportunity to cover the Raiders and the Broncos game. Um, I've done a couple of NFL games this year, but it's always fun to kind of expand your horizons and do a little bit more. Uh, But very cool experience going into the Raiders locker room after the game. They celebrated that win. They celebrated it for their coach, Antonio Pierce, who may or may not be the full-time coach next season. But walking into a locker room and smelling cigars and seeing NFL players dance around. It was pretty damn cool. And I got to experience it with Lindsey Brown, our friend and our, our illustrious boss Q and our friend Clay Baker, um, just cool, cool stuff. And I'm, I'm lucky. And I'm glad that I got the opportunity to experience that. Um, maybe some more NFL stuff in my future. I don't know, but, uh, I, I, it, it was cool. It was a really fun experience. I'm glad the Raiders won and they finished the season on a strong note. They beat my jets earlier this year. And, uh, Look, I like Antonio Pierce. I hope they hire him full time. I think he's—I think he's proven that he's got the goods to be a, a, an NFL head coach. And you know, best of luck if he doesn't end up as a head coach. But I think—I think he's the guy. They gotta hire him.
1: There it is. See you tomorrow.